0: But I want to start with taking you on a, a journey. And it's a journey that Jesus took all the way to the cross. I just want you to think about this for a while. The question I ask myself is, he knew from the very beginning that Judas was going to betray him. Is that right? He knew all the way. And yet, as we look at his the journey from what we see in Scripture, and no point do we see Jesus treating Judas any differently to any of the other apostles. How did he choose him to be one of the 12? That means that they would eat together, they would hang out together, have sleepovers, they'd pray together, they'd have meals together. He, he anointed Judas With the Holy Spirit and power, the man did signs and wonders and miracles like the other apostle. Like, can you put your head around that? And then when he betrays Jesus in the garden, he does it with a kiss and Jesus calls him friend. Can anyone explain that to me? How could he do that? How could he treat him knowing all along (laughs) that this was going to happen? I come down to one word. may not be the only word, but the word I come down to is forgiveness. Every day in his heart, Jesus had to forgive Judas and not let him affect the way he would treat Judas. What an example. What a model for you and I to follow. But guess what? It's a bit of Judas in all of us, right? Don't we betray Jesus with our actions at times? We disobey him, we hurt him, we let him down, we disappoint him. In fact, we all nailed him to the cross, by the way. Hello? Why? Because he went there for your sin. If you were the only person who ever lived, Jesus would still have to go to the cross. We all put him on the cross, by the way. So let's not judge all the others too much. But then, even though we're a bit like Judas in some ways, I'm not saying you're Judas, all right? Just you're a bit like Judas, all right? But even though a bit like Jesus, guess what? Jesus, and we let Jesus down, let him down. He still, through it all, keeps on loving us, keeps on believing in us, keeps on anointing us, keeps on fellowshipping with us, keeps on letting us feel his presence through it all. Wow, this is amazing grace. This is uh, the goodness and the, the love of God for all of us. And one of the things I have found, and I don't know if you've found this yourself, sometimes when I'm at my worst bad attitude, bit of losing my cool, whatever it might be, something compromised, when I'm at my worst, sometimes I find Jesus loves me the most. I think, God, I just, God, I can't work this out. Do you know what I think it is? He wants me to know his love is unconditional. So let me recap from last week. We like to protect things that are valuable to us, but we shared that there's something we need to protect more than anything else, and that is to guard our hearts. And this all connects with the Easter message that you're gonna see very, very shortly. The verse I want us to read together or have a look at is Proverbs 4.23, above all else, guard your heart, for it is the wellspring of life. If you didn't hear last week's message, please get a copy of it. I had so much feedback from it. It's such a powerful message. Not because I preached it, but because it's 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 the word of God. Do you want to know something? All last Sunday afternoon, having preached that message, I felt so good. So good. It's almost like God is saying to I am oh, really pleased with you sharing that message because it is so important. Now that very rarely happens. Very rarely. In fact I can't remember that happening before only once other one night I remember that happening was after I preached on the blood of Jesus and I felt I'd satisfied the heart of God. That's the two times on the blood and then on forgiveness. So it's a really very, and I remember all afternoon thinking, why do I feel so good? And um, yeah, so that was it. So guarding our hearts is the most important thing that we need to do in our lives. How well are you doing at that? Hey, good thing, here's a suggestion. <laughs> you may not want to take it. But uh, when you look in the mirror each morning, yeah, check your face, check your hair. How many checked your hair this morning? How many, checked, how many looked in a mirror this morning? <laughs> yeah, I can tell some of you should have. <laughs> looked in the mirror. So, you know, you do an external check, don't you? Why not about the same time do an internal check? Just do a bit of a heart check. And make sure everything's all right because life flows out of the heart. If your heart's in good shape, you're going to have a far more enjoyable life. I mentioned last week that the Mayo Clinic said that people who hold grudges, it significantly shortens their lifespan. Oh, my goodness. <clears throat> and also limits you fulfilling your potential. Gosh, I wonder how many people are out there think, man, my potential not fulfilled, not fulfilled. It it could come back and connect to this whole area. There's another scripture, Luke 17, verse one. Then he, Jesus said to his disciples, it's impossible that no offenses should come. In other words, we will get offended. So, hey, if you want to just tell the person next to you, you will get offended. Because some people think I'm going to avoid it. I'm going to hide in my house. I'm never going to go out of my house. No one's going to get me. I ain't going to get you, (laughs) because God's word cannot fail, unfortunately. But if we don't deal with offense, was my message last week, we'll end up with unforgiveness, bitterness, and we actually get ourselves into a real mess. Now, Luke 23, 34, Jesus said, Father, forgive them. They do not know what they do. How many of you love that statement? Oh, forgive them. We say, oh, Jesus, thank you. You forgive me. There's uh, two sides to this. <laughs> so God forgives us, and then we have to forgive others. It's a double side. It's that's the it's a message of Easter. There's two sides. We tend to focus only on the one, but those both of those things will set us free. And we've got to forgive ourselves. We've got to be forgiven, but we also need to forgive other people as well. Forgiveness is more about your future than your past. You, you're, it, it, it just dictates your whole future. And so you're going to see, well, a little bit more on that um, as we share it today. So forgiveness doesn't mean excusing something. It doesn't mean <clears throat> saying, well, actually, it wasn't that bad. It was that bad. Uh-huh. It was painful. It was, you, we're not asked to sugarcoat what happened. Okay? We're not called to minimize what happened, but we are called to forgive. Keep that in balance, those two things together. Also, I just want to help us understand this, that forgiveness will often be a process, like healing. It's not like you can be smashed to pieces, I've forgiven us all. No, (laughs) I wish it was that easy. But the the decision to forgive starts a process. And then in time, uh, the healing works, comes through as you forgive and God eventually heals you and sets you free on the inside. So don't be too hard on yourself. Give yourself time, but make sure you're progressing uh, to a place where forgiveness is taking place. Now, sometimes an offense is not, the whole situation is not as we think it is. So this man goes to the doctor and he says, my wife's not hearing too well. And he says, well, how bad is it? And he says, I can't tell. Well, Doxy, look, before I can prescribe anything, uh, why don't you do this simple test? When you go home tonight and say to Mary, stand a distance from her in the kitchen, say, Mary, what's for dinner tonight? And then go a few steps closer. She doesn't answer. What's for dinner tonight? Then keep getting closer until you're right closer and say, what's for dinner tonight? So he thought, wow, that's a great idea. Simple hearing test, by the way, if anyone want to try it. <coughs> he goes home that night and he, and he says, he, stands there and he says, Mary, what's for dinner tonight? No answer. Gets going. what's for dinner tonight? Repeats about four times. After fourth time, what's for dinner tonight? Mary says, for the fourth time, we're having beef stew. <laughs> she wasn't deaf. <laughs> he was. I know you laugh with forgiveness. Just got to do a bit of a check here with the offense. Sometimes it is their fault. Sometimes it's our fault. <laughs> which we don't want to acknowledge, and sometimes there's a bit of both. So could just do a little bit of a a check on this whole thing. Now, I'm going to take you into some serious turbulence right now. All right, are you ready? Uh, But there's going to be a fantastic landing. So let's go to the turbulence first, all right, and then we'll come down for the landing, which you're going to really enjoy. So in Matthew 18, 21 to 35, Jesus tells this amazing story. And uh, it's like he likens himself to a king and uh, the man owes, one man owes another, or owes the king, 10,000 talents. So I researched this. It's very hard to get facts on this stuff. But 10,000 talents today is worth somewhere around, what are the figures there that I've got there? Somewhere around, some say $40 million. Others would say $3.5 billion. Some would say more than that. And so he pleads for forgiveness, otherwise all the family are gonna be sold and they have to pay the money. So the king is very merciful, forgives the guy. Then the guy goes away and he finds someone else who owes him 100 denarii. 100 denarii, I researched that as well. And it's probably, some say, it's hard to know exactly what it is, forgive me if I've got it wrong, but say some say around about $12,000. Okay? And then that person who owes him, begs him for forgiveness and he says, oh, refuses to forgive and has him cast into Prison. All right, the king finds out what's happened (laughs) and here's the turbulence. You ready? Verse 32 to 35, his master, after he'd called him, said to him, you wicked servant, I forgave you all that debt because you begged me. Should you not have had compassion on your fellow servant just as I had pity on you? And his master was angry, delivered him to the torturers until he'd pay all that was due to him. So my heavenly father will also do to you if, if each of you from his heart does not forgive his brothers his trespasses. Whew, that's pretty turbulent, isn't it? Let's head for the landing. This is the landing. The landing is absolutely fantastic because basically at this Easter season, what God is saying to us is, look, I've forgiven you like a billion dollars. All right? I've forgiven you so much, like a billion dollars. And now I want you to forgive that person who owes you $12,000. See, we're being forgiven so much. And what we need is a revelation of the immensity of what God has forgiven us. All of our sins So we don't spend a lost eternity in a place known as hell that we don't like to talk about. The the magnitude of what God has done for us is absolutely next level. There's no words, there's no price you can put on it. Forget the $4 billion. It is beyond that. When we have a revelation of how much God has forgiven us, then it's not gonna be too hard to forgive other people the few dollars that they owe us. If you're given billions of dollars, he asks you to forgive someone a few thousand dollars. Who's grateful for the cross? Who's grateful for the forgiveness that God has given to you and has given to you? You know, when we confess our sins, there is no record kept of them. As far as the east is from the east, no record. I love that truth. No record of what we have done. That is a message of the cross, what we celebrate this Easter time. See, there's two reasons to forgive, two simple reasons. See, when we forgive, we let go. It actually what forgive means to let go, okay? To let something go, to let the whole situation. See, I don't wanna hold on to this moment. I don't wanna hold on to this pain and hold on to what happened to me forever. That's what forgives me. I don't wanna hold on to it. You don't wanna hold on to that offense forever. You want to let it go. Give it to God. You see, the, the second thought is here is you can't change the past of what happened, but you can change the future. And so what you don't want to do is I choose not to take my past with me into my future. Let it go. Let it go and set yourself free and don't carry you know, some people carry the baggage for the rest of their lives and it's just a, a really sad thing to do. When we forgive, we set ourselves free, but we also set the other person free. Let's not hold someone in prison. Let's forgive them and let's sit them free. All right, what I want to do now is I want to show you the connection between the miraculous and offences. There's a real good connection. So we're going to go to Mark 6, 3 and 5. It says, Is this not the carpenter, the son of Mary, the brother of James, Joseph, Judas, and Simon? And are not his sisters with us? So they were offended at him. Now he could do no mighty work there, except he laid hands on a few people, sick people, and he healed them. Can you see that? They were offended at him. What was the result? Jesus could do no mighty miracles. Miracles and offenses are connected. So one reason I have to keep my heart clear and I have to forgive all the offenses, I have to let them all go. Is because I need a lot of miracles in my life. I need the miraculous in my life. So either I hold on to the offense and lose the miraculous, or I let go of the offense and see the miraculous continue to flow in my life. There's more scriptures that we could show you on that whole area, but offenses here limited the flow of God. Have you ever been offended by the way? Who's been offended? Give me a wave. Those of you who not have been offended, you're not actually alive. <laughs> Or you have a very, very bad memory. Because <laughs> we've all been offended somewhere. Maybe you're passed over for a promotion. Mm. Not invited to that party. Uh, mm. <laughs> mm, all the youth are going, mm. <laughs> yeah. uh, You were sick and nobody visited you. Nobody rang you or not enough people rang you. you cut out of the family inheritance. You're unfairly criticized. You're abused. You know, There's a whole lot of things, aren't there? That All these things that happen and... Uh, We don't wanna hold on to them. What we wanna do is hold on to the miraculous and see it work in our lives. So let me just give you a few thoughts on the areas of how forgiveness works miracles. Who's ready for this? All right, the first miracle, (laughs) an obvious one, that forgiveness works is your salvation. You're saved. forgiveness works salvation. Every time, that's the greatest miracle of all. Every time you see someone get saved, just tell yourself, that is the greatest miracle of all. Nothing is greater than that. No healing, no anything else. Healing, salvation, the forgiveness of sins is the greatest miracle of all. Do you know what I, when I was putting this message together, I had the thought come to my mind, is I, we don't think about our forgiveness of sins enough. We don't think about it enough. We need to spend more time reflecting. And, because, and that's one that's going to help us forgive others for sure. But it's so great a thing that God has done for us. And we need to thank Jesus maybe every day when you're looking in that mirror, doing that external check, the internal check, just say, Jesus, thank you. You've forgiven me my sins. And you know what? You need forgiveness every day, by the way. You know, that, that, that negative thought that you have, that wrong thought that you have, that bad attitude, that lack of love, that you know, every day you sin, mark my words. You do, I do as well. So some people say every night before you go to bed, you should just ask God, go through your day, ask him to forgive everything that you've done wrong, any mistake you've made and keep a clean slate. Forgiveness, salvation is the greatest miracle of all. But the second thing that forgiveness does, it frees us to be all that God has planned us to be. In other words, what I'm saying here is forgiveness means no mistake we make disqualifies us from God's plan for his life from the fullness of this plan for life. Can I say that again? No mistake, no failure, no error we make ever disqualifies us for all that God has planned and purposed for our lives. That is the power of the blood of Jesus Christ. That is the forgiveness that we talk about this Easter time that we can step into our full potential regardless. Hey, look, I have made mistakes. You have made mistakes, but it's not stopping me fulfilling my destiny and fulfilling the plan of God on my life. And friends, remember also it does doesn't stop someone else fulfilling God's plan for their life or God's destiny for their lives. Because God's power of forgiveness is so, so incredible. See, God doesn't look at what you've done. If you've asked for forgiveness under the blood, you know what he looks at? He looks at the incredible person he knows you can be. His whole focus is on your future. The whole thing of the blood and Easter is that the past is past. But the future's an open door, so he's always thinking of your future. He's always thinking of the great plans that he's got for your life. He's always thinking of what you can be, and that's why in the Bible he changed people's names. He said, "You're no longer Abram. You're Abraham. You're the father of many nations. You're no longer Jacob. You're deceiver. You're, you're crook. You're Israel. You're, a, you're going to be a prince with God. You're a Gideon, there who's hiding here. You're a mighty man of God." Jesus is always looking at our future. We keep looking at our past. He keeps looking at our future. It's time to stop looking at your past. Start looking at your future. Stop stop looking at your mistakes and everything you've done wrong and start looking at the future that God has got for you. And if you don't do that, if you keep focused on the past, it's gonna hold you back from all the fullness of what God has got for you. And you miss the whole message of Easter. You miss the whole message of forgiveness and freedom to move forward into all that God has got for you. Who's glad for that message? Take the focus of the past and focus on the future. You can't change your past, but you can leave it behind, but you can influence your future and step into all that God has for you. I read the statement, your past does not have to poison your future. Your past does not have to poison your future. That's the power of the gospel. That's the power of the message of Easter. God is bigger than your past. Don't let it poison your future. All right, a couple more things. When you forgive yourself, miracles happen. Ah, you never thought about that, did you? I heard of this woman, had this infected tooth. It's the prime minister after me again, gosh. I told her not to ring me Sunday mornings, I'm in church. (laughs) She she doesn't back off, man. They need my wisdom. I told them we need to go to Orange. (laughs) Well, I told them through prayer. So, you know, in a sense, I did tell them, didn't I? My message, hey, look, (laughs) this woman's got an infected gum, infected tooth, and so the gum in the whole side of her face is swollen up, and it's so bad, she can't eat. Now, that's serious, isn't it? And now I've got everyone's attention, can't eat. I sort of suddenly, heads go up. People were like, I can't eat. <laughs> what about my Easter egg? What about my hot cross bun? I couldn't eat and could barely talk. So she went for prayer. She, got led, well, she was led in a prayer of forgiveness, which she needed to do, sort a few things out. But then like the Holy Spirit said, you also need to forgive yourself. So when she forgave herself, she said instantly, She said, it's like like a balloon had been released and my whole swelling in my face disappeared and I was instantly healed by the power of God. We need a revelation of our forgiveness. You know, we've taught people so much about ministering in the spirit, but not so much about our forgiveness from God. So people walk around Ministering in the spirit, but feeling guilty and condemned at the same time. We've got to preach both. And when we get a revelation that we are forgiven by God, oh my goodness, it can release healings in our lives. Carl Menninger, that great physicist, psychiatrist, sorry, psychiatrist, he said this, if he could convince his patients in psychiatric hospitals that they are forgiven by God or just forgiven for what they've done, he said 75% would walk out. 75%. 75%. That's the power of forgiving yourself. And I'm going to pray for you at the end of the service that God will give you a revelation of His forgiveness for you. It doesn't matter what you've done, you know, God's forgiveness is so important to healing as well in our lives. Number four, my last point is this forgiving others, which we've been saying all along, can also release miracles. And we all need miracles. How many of you need miracles, by the way? Just give me a little wave. Yeah, yeah we, we all do. Yeah, I think I asked you that before. But anyway, it's good to raise, ask, raise your hand a second time. So because of that, because we need miracles, we can't afford to hold on to offenses. That, that's really a big part of what I'm trying to say today. We need the miraculous in our lives. <clears throat> so this woman heard this message on forgiveness. And uh, the pastor said she needed to forgive her dad. So she went home and rang her dad up and forgave him. And then she said to her dad, "Dad, I want you to forgive me because I've had bitterness and unforgiveness towards you." She said, after that prayer and after talking to her dad, she said, as soon as she had done that, fifteen years of non-stop, twenty-four-seven migraines instantly gone. Never had another migraine. She said, "You have no idea what it feels like to have no pain. Imagine that, 15 years, non-stop migraine. Those of you who have had migraine, you're talking about really serious stuff here. But forgiveness, released and miracle. See, there's a connection between these two things. Martin Luther King said this: uh, "Forgiveness is not an occasional act. it is a permanent attitude. It's a permanent attitude. Can I just add something in here) <laughs> Please don't go around forgiving people who know nothing about it. You go up to Johnny and say, oh, Johnny, I really forgive you. And he goes like, like, like what? Like, what are you talking? Don't go there. Don't go. Deal, you deal it between you and God. You know, because it, believe me, that does happen. And it's just not something you want to do. So as I wrap this up, how do you forgive and handle an offence well. I, I mentioned it last week, so I'm not gonna go into do too, do too much detail. Just get the copy of this or have a listen to it online. Number one, you stop rehearsing it. You, stop, you just don't keep going over it. You pray for your offender, as we told you to in Matthew 5:44. You leave vengeance with God. <laughs> hey, he'll sort it out. Don't you worry about it. And number four, say it out loud. Say it out loud. I forgive and name it. Just say it out. Get it out. That's the first step to overcoming your um, offence. And then the last thing is this ask the Holy Spirit to help you. The Holy Spirit's your helper. Now listen carefully for a moment. Some of you feel this is just too hard to do. God would never ask you to do something that you can't do. He would never tell you to forgive if it was impossible for you to do it. The power of God, the power of the Spirit when you make that decision to do this, can help you work through the process. It may be a process, but he can help you work through to a place of absolute forgiveness and also freedom in your life and also setting the other person free. No words can express the magnitude of God forgiving our sins. That is the glorious message of Easter today. It is beyond comprehension Beyond belief. Because God has forgiven us so much. It's time for us to forgive ourselves. Set ourselves free. Forgive others. Set themselves free. And as we do that, we're going to step into the realm of the miraculous like we've never seen before. And as the church grows in forgiveness. God will open up the heavens and the miracle power of God will flow like never before. You are forgiven. In Jesus' name. Amen.